You're listening to Million Dollar Mission, the podcast for entrepreneurs that are focused on purpose and profit. I'm your host, Dr. Chantel Chambliss, serial entrepreneur, nonprofit expert, wife, and mother. Welcome back to Million Dollar Mission. I'm so glad you all are still here, still rocking with me um, as we work on building this like million dollar lifestyle, right? So today I want to answer a question that I get a lot. And it's, how do you build this team, this tribe, this village of like business besties? Or how do you build people to help support your mission and your vision? How do you get people on board? So in today's episode of Million Dollar Mission, I really want to dig in to how you find your rock stars, how you build your MDM tribe, how you build the village that's going to help you on this million dollar mission. So let's get into it. Okay, every now and again, I um, have these conversations with entrepreneurs, specifically social entrepreneurs, nonprofit entrepreneurs, who are very um, wary, right? They can't seem to find support that they need in order to build these organizations or to build out these uh, projects and programs and missions that they're so passionate about. And of course, the, the first part of the conversation is always, well, why would anybody want to help me for free? Um, I never hear this from, from entrepreneurs who run for-profit businesses that sell tangible products. Never, ever. They're like, yeah, I'm going to hire an assistant and I'm going to hire a program director and I'm going to hire a CFO. Never hear them go, where will I find help? How can I find help? Why would anyone want to help me on this like social mission? Um, And so I have a couple of tips on how to build out this village that is willing to support your million dollar mission, your vision, um, your nonprofit business, your social enterprise. And the first tip, number one, is make sure that you are connecting with people over the mission and not creating a personal connection. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, well, why would I want to create a personal connection with people? Um, What I've noticed is that when we have these visions um, or these missions or these things that we want to create, we tend to believe that the people who are personally connected to us are required to jump on board. And so all that does is it plants these seeds of expectation that really just lead to disappointment. When someone is connected to you personally, 90% of the time, they may not be connected to you professionally. You see this all the time in marriages. 90% of marriages are not between two people who do exactly the same thing and do it exactly the same way. Um, You have doctors who are married to school teachers, right? You have uh, lawyers who are married to scientists. They do very, very different things. They are not connected on this professional journey together. However, they're connected on a personal level. 
two very different things. And what I've noticed is that, especially entrepreneurs, period, I won't even say for-profit or non-profit, entrepreneurs, period, tend to believe that once they enter into the realm of entrepreneurship, that everyone that is personally connected to them must now be connected to this professional journey that they are about to embark on. And so when you are a for-profit entrepreneur, you sell a tangible product, typically your, your, your personal connections may move into that realm a little bit with you. They may be one foot in, one foot out, but they'll tend to move there because there's something visible and tangible for them to attach themselves to, right? And so it makes it easier to attach your, themselves. So for instance, if I have a friend who uh, start, opens, opens a shoe store, I love shoes. So it's easier for me to connect myself to her now professional mission or vision because I, I can go buy some shoes. It's something that that uh, my being recognizes as something that I enjoy. Does it really have anything to do with her? It's a happy coincidence that my friend has now opened a shoe store and I like shoes, right? But if my friend decides that she wants to open a cat rescue. I am not a cat person. I don't wanna offend the cat people out there. I am not a cat person. So if my friend now opens a cat rescue, will I come and help clean out the, the cat cages or litter boxes or whatever they have there, right? No, because now her and I now have a disconnect. We are still personally connected, but no longer professionally connected. Will I donate money? Maybe. Um, but she's not even going to be at the top of my donation priorities because I have no connection. And so what I tend to tell social entrepreneurs and nonprofit entrepreneurs is that when you are building tribe, you really have to connect with people over mission. This typically means moving out of your circle of comfort, getting to meet people or connect with people or network with people who are now connected with you professionally. So make sure that you are seeking mission connection versus personal connection. There's, you're now in a different space and in a different realm. Tip number two <laughs> is recruit like it pays. Uh, my consulting clients get tired of hearing me say this, especially in the nonprofit realm, because typically we're talking about board members and board membership typically does not pay. Um, but even when you're building a tribe, if you're building, if you're building a group of volunteers or a group of donors uh, or a group or, or people that you're actually going to pay, you should have this like formal process for how you recruit these people. What are the questions that you're asking them? What are the conversations that you're having with them? Nothing in this, in this space right here should be random. It should not be random. It should be full of intention and full of purpose. These conversations should be very intentional and very focused on where it is you're trying to go with this person. And so if these conversations aren't moving the needle, then you know that this person isn't part of your tribe. But if you all sit down and just start finding the things that you have in common, that goes back to my first point, you're going to end up connecting personally, but maybe not connecting on a mission level. 
So you have to recruit like it pays. The top companies in the world have very specific recruiting processes. That's why they have the best of the best working for them. That's why they have the best of the best of constituents and donors and things of that nature because everything is intentional. The conversations with potential donors is very intentional. If you are talking to a potential donor, the conversation isn't going to be like over how what drink you prefer from Starbucks. It's going to be about what causes have you donated to in the past five years? What are some of your favorite things? What really moves you? What problems keep you up at night? They're very intentional conversations. And so now that you're walking into this realm and you're on this million dollar mission, you're creating community impact, everything from this point forward is very intentional and very purposeful. You're not, nothing is by chance and nothing is very random. You are being very intentional about conversations, um, conversations that you are initiating as well as conversations that you are participating in. You are very intentional about um, how you are discussing your mission and what your needs are. And you have to know what your needs are, right? You need to know what you need and where you're going and who you're talking to and on and on. Again, recruit like it pays. If you don't remember anything, um, when you are out building your team and building your tribe, you are recruiting. These are not just like, oh, who's going to come help me and who's just going to fall out of the sky? You are recruiting, which is a very intentional process. So do, treat it like it pays. <laughs> Tip number three is nurture your rock stars. Um, I have noticed the closer that I get to 40, relationships are way more about nurture. It's not about how hard we party together. It's not about who buys the most rounds at the bar. It's not about um, what fancy restaurants we're going to eat at this weekend from brunch. It's really about nurturing and cultivating these relationships. You know, during when, when the pandemic hit, everybody became plant parents. And it wasn't that we hadn't ever seen plants before or ever had plants in our homes before. But in that moment, because we needed something to nurture, we needed something to love, we needed a place to feel soft and safe. We took the time to nurture these plants. That's why, you know, it looks like everyone's a plant parent now. I guarantee you almost all of us grew up with plants in our home and we've had plants in our home before and they probably died because you were so busy off doing this and that and the third that you didn't water it every Thursday like you were supposed to, that you didn't talk to it every day, that you didn't open the blinds when you were supposed to. You did not nurture them. In this season, as you are building a tribe, as you are moving towards this, this million dollar mission, it is extremely important for you to nurture your tribe, no matter how big, no matter how small. Um, and some way, in some ways that we do that are very different. It's, it's not even about um, how often you talk on the phone. A couple of ways that I nurture relationships are, the first thing I do is I set the standard. Here's the standard for this relationship. We may not talk every day, but when we talk, it's meaningful. When we talk, it's impactful. Um, 
when important things happen, I'm going to make sure that you know, and I, I expect the same in return. When important things happen, you know, I expect you to tell me or communicate with me. We have some medium of communication and it may not be constant and it may not be 20 text messages a day, but we're going to set the standard in our relationship, no matter what the relationship is. It can be a volunteer um, for my organization. It can be a staff person in my organization. It can be a donor to my organization. It could be a partner, another organization that I'm partnering with. In all of these relationships, we have to set the standard around communication, respect, boundaries. We have to set the standard and we do that from the very beginning and then we build upon those, we nurture those. Um, and that in and of itself is nurturing to the relationship, setting these standards. It's very nurturing. Um, another way that I nurture, especially professional relationships, is that there is some level of onboarding. Um, and I wish I could find a better word, but onboarding is the best word that I can come up with right now, it really just means, I know we hear onboarding when we start new jobs and you go watch the sexual harassment video and you fill out all your paperwork. But what I mean by onboarding is in this sense, it's really providing the person that's coming into my tribe with all the information that they need to be successful here, right? So if I am expecting someone to connect over my mission and I'm expecting them to help me move this thing forward, it could be a VA or it could be um, a personal assistant or an intern or, or whatever, um, or it could just be someone who's like cheering me on, a new, a new business buddy, a new business bestie. I have to give them enough information to be successful in this relationship. They need to know what I'm working on. It's not, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm working on because I'm scared someone's going to steal my idea. This, if you expect someone to support you, you have to give them enough information so that they can do that successfully. You give people the tools to be successful when they're dealing with you. Um, so in these new relationships that you're building, as you're building out this tribe, you begin to onboard. What happens is a lot of times we meet people um, and we think they're going to be amazing at whatever we're bringing them into our lives for, a new friend, a new coworker, a new employee, a new intern, and we are super excited about them. And then they fail to meet our expectations. And that's just human nature. It may happen sometimes. But typically, the reason they fail to meet our expectations is because they don't have the tools they need to be successful in this new relationship. We haven't given them any information. They don't know what we're working on. They don't know what we're looking forward to. They don't know what limitations or obstacles we have. They know nothing. And then we have these expectations for them to come into these new relationships and be super successful and help us build out these missions and be amazing. And it doesn't happen that way. And so then we get disappointed and then we build all these walls and barriers and don't let anyone else in. And then you, I meet people like that and they go, no one wants to help me. I can't find anyone that helps me. What have you done to help people be successful in helping you? Those are my three major tips for like building your tribe. They're very intentional. It's not about, you know, creating some awesome ad on Indeed or what your social media content or strategy is. It really is more so about um, what you're doing intentionally and purposefully to 
nurture new relationships, to bring people in, to give them the tools they need to be successful in this new relationship with you. Learning to connect with people and not making it personal all the time. I know you all have seen the social media memes where people are like, oh, if I announce that I started a new job, you know, I get a thousand likes. But if I say I started a business, I only get five. Because the five people that liked it are the people that are connected to the new thing you're doing. Everyone else still loves you, but they're not connected to that because it's not their thing, right? So we have to take those five people and nurture the hell out of them. Nurture those five relationships. The other people are not going where you're going and that is fine. And so I would rather have a tribe of five people who are totally connected to where I'm going, totally connected to the mission and vision than having a tribe of a thousand who really don't care where I'm going or what my vision is. They're just kind of connected to me for some roundabout reason. And so they're here. They're taking up space. Clear the space, allow the people who are connected to your mission to connect to you, and then go from there. Set the standard, onboard them, give them the tools they need to be successful in the new relationship, and go from there. So I hope these tips were helpful um, and help answer that question that I tend to get a lot. It can be a conference or a brunch. Um, I always impose with the question like, how do you build this tribe when you're building out these um, nonprofit businesses and social enterprises? Where do you get these people? So I hope these tips gave you a little bit of insight into how to build that million dollar mission tribe. Thank you for listening to Million Dollar Mission, the podcast for entrepreneurs that are focused on purpose and profit. I'm your host, Dr. Chantel Chambliss, serial entrepreneur, nonprofit expert, wife, and mother. This podcast is produced by Joy Donaldson. Until next time, stay on your mission. Thank you.